and welcome. You have found yourself at the Monkey Magic Podcast, a light-hearted and affectionate look back at the classic TV series Monkey, produced by Nippon TV and adapted from the classic Chinese novel Journey to the West. This podcast will take a nostalgic look back at this morals-infused adventure and consider what lessons we could learn for the 21st century. My name is JP. In this week's episode, the pilgrims enter a land where night never falls. For 500 years, ever since the vulture demon Konsei Mao stole Dananichi Buddha's sun mirror, as soon as one sun sets, another one rises. Tripitaka offers the villages their help, and Monkey, who has an old score to settle with the demon, is more than happy to oblige. Things take a turn for the worse after Monkey bumps into a familiar face, and the demon sets his sights on Tripitaka. Welcome to the Monkey Magic Podcast, me your host, JP. Well, here we are, episode 31, The Land with Two Sons. Reminder, as always, this episode will be spoiler heavy. So if you've not seen the episode, I would suggest you go and watch it, then come back and join us. Well, an interesting one this week, it's a tale of time. We start the episode with a guy wandering through a forest trying to shoot an arrow to a bird, which turns out to be a vulture. That is the baddie of the week. It's the demon vulture, Konsei Mao. Konsei Mao! Who calls me? My name is Kensai Joe Shikon, nephew of His Holiness Tentai. Here are the orders of the Holy Dainichi Buddha to cast you down. He misses him, but pursues the vulture who arrives at a cave where our archer meets a maiden. Who are you? What are you doing here? Please, don't be afraid. I won't hurt you. I am here as the agent of heaven. Jiroshinkum is my name. The woman, the maiden that he's met, she explains this is the home of the demon king, Konsei. The, our archer says he wants to kill this Konsei and return something called the Sun Mirror, which has been stolen from Buddha. And the reason he's wanting us back is this mystical mirror that the vultures got, it can create a second sun. So he promises, listen, I'm going to save you as well, maiden, but it's a trap. Konsei has trapped them, they're both under lock and key, and two suns are now in the sky. It's never night. 500 years later, we see the pilgrims complaining about, it's been a very, very long afternoon. 
Will the sun never set? And won't the nights draw in? Idiot! Night falls when day's over. Just as sure as night follows day. Don't you agree, though, that it's strange? It's been a long, long afternoon. Well, it has been because the, the reality is as soon as one sun sets and the other one comes up, it's like never-ending daylight. Explain to us in detail. There are two suns that shine down on us. As one sun sinks down below the horizon, the second simultaneously lights our sky. And so we never know night. Never know night? Extraordinary. And that's why it's so hard. You certainly have things hard. As daytime lasts all day long, when do you go to bed together? Hey! Tripitaka spots a procession for a funeral. And there's a woman there crying with her wrists tied. She's offering herself to be sacrificed to the sun god. I'm an offering to the sun god. Is she? Yes. Can you really believe that we would want to offer up our dearly beloved daughter as a sacrifice? But... The vulture demon seems to offer one night a year where it's, it's dark in return for the sacrifice of a virgin. Monkey is intrigued. I'm going to impersonate the girl that's going to be sacrificed to find out what's what. The vulture comes to collect the girl. And of course it's Monkey. He bites his feet. Hey, budgery gar, I'm going to make you a tiny dinner. So they have a fight. And Monkey works out who it is. He seems to know this uh, Konsei. We've never heard of him before, but Monkey has. So it sounds like... They've had previous. Long time no see, monkey. Wondering who I am? Tell me. It is I, Konsai, who looted the Lotus Cave many millennia ago. Know me now? Yes, you evil spirit. Konsei escapes, but... As he does, he can see in the distance there's a guy chained. It's the archer, Jero Shinko. Here, on the mountaintop! Yeah, that's right! Unchain me! He's been there chained for 500 years. He's been waiting for Monkey. Amazingly, Monkey knows him too. It's all this backstory. We, we don't know them, right? But he knows them. Back with the main party, Pixies want to just push on. The problem's been resolved. The maiden wasn't sacrificed. The vultures cleared off. We could really just move on now. That could be the end of the episode. I second that. But this Jero Shinko's going, well, really, I was captured, but everything's not going to be fine until he's finally defeated. Hmm. Pilgrims go out looking for food, leaving Jero and uh, Tripitaka alone. But who is this Jero Shinko? Is he a goodie? Is he a baddie? It sounds like it might be an elaborate ruse. And he's already done a deal to get the maiden. Jiro Shinkun, famed as being among the bravest warriors of all, is like a poor little mortal boy confronted by such beauty as this. At last, demon. With the new strength of passion, I am invincible. 
prepare to meet your end. Calm down. You really aren't very bright. Never were there truer words than love is blind. Listen, he's still got the hopes for this maiden that he, he met 500 years ago. That's the crux of the episode, really. There's going to have to be a bargain. Oh yes, you will lure him here and give his spirit to her. And I will eat his flesh. Then you, Jiro, will enjoy what you ache for. Are we agreed? Do we have a bargain? So, this Jero, I don't know if he's a goodie or a baddie now, right? He was perceived as a goodie to start off with, but now he seems to be in league with a baddie, and he's trying to bargain with him for, for the chick. Now, unbeknown to him, the horse knows what's going on, right? So he's just been eavesdropping this whole thing. So Jeru wants Tripitaka to come and visit the cave to pray for the victims and Tripitaka's, oh yes, yes, we can do that. But Horse is gone, no, 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 no chance, no way. Turns into his human form and amazingly, Tripitaka's no listening to the horse. Like, why not? I'm, I can't fathom it, he's backing the stranger and... Like, we, we see Jero and the horse having a fight. Seriously, why is Tripitaka not sensing the danger? That horse has been part of the team for, what, 30-odd episodes. We've known this guy about 15 minutes, and he's backing him. Anyway, surprise, surprise, he's captured. Like, <sighs> Even if my flesh is eaten by you, I shall be reborn seven times to continue the pilgrimage. Nobody can alter that. The vulture demon is very, very pleased with Jeroshenko. Very pleased. I didn't think you were going to come through with it, and you have. You've got Tripitaka. And he's heaping a lot of praise on this Jeroshenko. Really, it was more to do with Tripitaka's stupidity than anything that he's actually done. The pilgrims, meanwhile, have been told by the horse, listen, the boss has been captured. I tried to intercede, but he didn't listen to me. So, okay, can you go and help? Pigsy, Sandy and Monkey disappear off to the the mountain where they meet the the demon and demand Tripitaka's return. A fight ensues. Monkey goes in the cave whilst the others fight the vulture demon. Monkey amazed in the cave to find Jeru Shrinko. And they have a fight. Conseil is way too strong for Pigsy Sandy and the horse, especially when he's in his vulture form. Jeru has Tripitaka and he's prepared to give Tripitaka back if Monkey's prepared to give him his wishing staff. So Monkey goes, okay. But bad, bad idea, bad idea. It's a trick and they're all captured. We see Sandy and Pigsy in a jail cell. Sandy, you don't have to sound so contemptuous. I did all I could. The cowardly thoroughbred let us down. Yes, that's true. And like, oddly enough, Monkey's in the next jail cell and he's trying to get messages between the two... Tapping. 
Pixie? Mm. What's called, I think? Mm. Yes, what's that? It doesn't really go anywhere, but it doesn't need to, because the unlikely saviour is still free. The horse. The horse who should have been listened to in the first place is still free. And he's come to the rescue because he can unlock Monkey's cage, gives him the wishing staff back, which presumably is pinched, and the bow and arrow that Gerald Shinko had, like at the start of the episode. They then in turn go and release Pigsy and Sandy. Trippy Taka is due to be sacrificed. So the demon is salivating at the prospect of eating Trippy Taka's flesh. Trippy is like, making a last play to Gerald to help him, but no, he is not for helping him. Right at the moment he's going to be killed, the pilgrims arrive and fight the baddies. Monkey accidentally hits the maiden, the one that Gerald's been after, and would you believe it? All the sacrificed maidens on every year for the last 500 years, they're all restored. The remains... Of the girls who were sacrificed to me. The woman, or rather, the creature you think you're in love with, was her being to them. Jeru is distraught. This chick he's been keen on is, is now gone. Monkey runs outside and using the arrow shoots down the vulture demon. These arrows must be like, you know that thing in the omen, the daggers of Megiddo. The only thing it can kill Damien Thorne. That must be this for the vulture. Eh? The two sons are eliminated. There is only one son now. And the second son becomes the stars. So what was the episode about? The, the key thing here from this one, I think, is really this two suns in the sky. So it's not like Tatooine, where there's actually, you know, two physical suns in the sky. You know that famous scene where, like, Luke is, is just peering out of Tatooine? It's not that. It's like one sun is in the sky, and then as it sets, there's a new one just coming up, right? So it's... It's two, you only ever see one in the sky. But the issue here is, it is roasting, right? Because it's, like, there's no break. It's just constant daylight. So I think themes, what we're looking for here is, it's probably climate change. You know, it's like the, the heat that these two constant sun light is giving to the land. It must be roasting. Right? I mean, it's just punishing those rays. Imagine the amount of money you would go through on things like sunscreen, right? Or air conditioning. Like, that's really what it's saying. It's saying the planet would be getting so warm with these two things. Like, you know, rivers are going to be drying up. Crops are going to be failing. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's no hint of carbon dioxide levels or anything like that, but Goodness me, like the sea, like it would be, oh, it'd be punishing. And well, like you couldn't even say to your pals, do you want to have a night out on Friday? No, like, do 
you want to have a day out? Oh, it's already been day for all week. I'm just exhausted. Like, so, it, there's maybe a wee bit of a nod as well to something like, you know, the, you know, the daylight saving time. You know, when you change the clocks one hour back or forward to elongate the time for the, for the summertime. That's really happening here with 24 hours. So it, it's time to wind your clock back an entire day. That's happening every day. Monkey as well seems to have heard of the international dateline. Have we crossed the international dateline maybe? And he actually wonders if that's the reason why. Like, I, I mean, I've done that as well, right? Because, you know, when you fly from Australia to, like, the west coast of the United States, you cross that international dateline. So really, even though it maybe takes 13 hours to fly to Los Angeles, you've crossed that dateline, you actually leave before you started. Which is amazing, really, when you think about it. There's a day that doesn't exist when you go the other way. You know, you're like a full day on, that that day didn't happen. It would be fascinating to go across that on a boat though, wouldn't it? Where you're actually crossing the physical dateline, not just a plane over an ocean. Anyway, it doesn't really explain how Monkey has heard of the international dateline. Because presumably that only was invented, like, during the time of probably the British Empire, right? And this is meant to be a thousand years ago, so how, how is he? how has he heard of that? Also, a little discrepancy in that is when they're in the caves uh, and captured and they're in prison cells, monkeys in one prison cell and you've got Pigsy and Sandy in another one, they they send messages to each other using Morse code. Now, again, I, I'm sort of presuming that that wasn't invented when Monkey was doing this trip, but it's just an analogy for effective communication. He could shout out, Hey Sandy, hey Pigsy, are you in the cell next door? But because that would alert the guards, right? Well, we didn't see any guards, but you know what I mean? It would alert people. So just a wee bit of a... Is that you, Sandy? The other key theme this week, and I think really you've got to say it's doing bad things just to get the girl, right? I mean, it's doing your mates down really, isn't it? Just to get the girl. So that is personified by this Jeru Cinco. He's ostensibly a hero. We see him at the start of the whole show. Like being the, he's like Hawkeye, you know. He's got the, he's got the arrows. He's, he's the agent of Buddha. He is trying to defeat this vulture badly, but he becomes compromised in his goodiness by the maiden. So he's fallen hook, line, and sinker for her. And you know who can take advantage of that? Yeah, the baddie. Because he can recognise, ah, listen, you, you fancy her. Right, well, in return, you're going to have to go bad. Now, I'm sure Jeru himself is, is probably justified it to himself in, listen, I've been captured for 500 years. I'm due a wee bit of fun. And ultimately, 
you know, like he's be, the the vultures been here for five hundred years. You know, the the villagers they've maybe got used to these suns, right? So, what's an extra couple of years going to be? I will eventually probably take him back on again, but in the meantime, could I maybe just have a wee fling with this maiden? That's how he's probably justifying it. He doesn't really want to hand over Tripitaka, but at the same time, he doesn't even really know Tripitaka. So, you know, like, you know. Like, and, and if anything, he probably finds Tripitaka... He's like, he's wandered into it. Like, the horse was telling him not to go, but he's ignored the horse. So he's probably thinking, Tripitaka is a bit of it. Listen, he's a holy guy, but he's pretty stupid. So if I just don't turn him over and they just continue their, their journey, it'll only be somebody that's up the road that's going to kill him. In a way, it might be better if this is the end of his road and Buddha sends a new replacement. In a way he's doing Buddha a favour. It could be all that. He's making all this in his mind to try and justify this act of treachery. And really the whole thing is it's like, does the ends justify the means? Right, quite literally. He's basically thrown all his goodness away just so he can get this chick. Like, have you ever met guys like that? You think, oh, jeez. Really? Look, what about your integrity? What about your your personal values? Oh, I didn't care anymore because I fancy that person. And here we see at the end of the episode, and that's where, you know, ultimately we, we feel a wee bit sorry for him. But when Monkey accidentally hits the maiden... And that triggers her to effectively evaporate and all her all her components, which was the distilled essence of all the maidens that had been sacrificed over 500 years to the vulture. What are these? These are the maidens who are sacrificed. My lady was made up from a single part of each. The loveliest part. They've got no interest in them, right? They're just, no, we, we just want to get back to our husbands, right? By the way, a lot of them would have died like 500 years ago, so you maybe have to find new husbands, right? But anyway, we're no interested in this Gerald, right? He's just distraught because he has, how can we put it? He's become so focused on this one maiden. These 500 of them that just, well, he's no, he's not even look at them, right? No, I, I wanted that one. And, and that sort of obsession, if you like, with that one person has caused all this drama. That's really what Monkey was getting at. It was like, beware of being too obsessed with one person. Because you never know if that one person is actually just a distillation of the best parts of other people that you have got in your mind. We didn't see him at the end of the episode, so he's just basically left the stew, I think. He put too much effort just into that one lady. There's a lesson in there somewhere, eh? Original transmissions for this one. In the UK, the 3rd of November, 2004. In Japan, the 9th of 
December 1979 and in Australia, not transmitted. Yeah, we don't see Jeroshenko at the end, so we don't really get a little bit of closure on him. I suspect what's happened is Tripitaka has just went, listen, we've dealt with the the vulture. You maybe just want to just have a think about what you've tried to do, eh? And you can just imagine the others, right, just looking at him and just walking away, not saying anything. The villagers, however, are, they're delighted, like they've got night again. Like, imagine, like, they're saying, like, do you want to have a night out? I thank you, pious priest. Once again, we have both day and night following each other in our land. (laughs) Ah, and that's as it should be. You'd think, well, well, we'll just maybe just have a wee bit of a sleep for a wee while, right? We probably, that, that was probably more... More likely than... But maybe in the future, we could maybe do that. And the pilgrims can continue their journey. A good one, that, eh? Anyway, join us next week for episode 32. The House of the Evil Spirit. Catch you then. listening to the Monkey Magic Podcast, an affectionate look back at the iconic Japanese TV series Monkey. Monkey is available on Blu-ray and DVD from Fabulous Films and will be coming to a streaming service to you soon. Meantime, please like, share and if you have any comments, we'd love to hear from you at monkeymagicpodcast at gmail.com. Com. Or Guinness 2022 at Twitter. And we heard this week again from XJ, who, taking us back to a couple of weeks ago, was asking about this YouTube watching gambling. And had I seen someone called Vegas Matt? Well, I hadn't, uh, XJ, but since you sent that in, I decided to have a look. And it I'm afraid to say, I've become hooked as well. Like when he doesn't win, he calls it a sandal. And I think factually incorrect, but he says, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Well, technically that was the Japanese. But hey, when he gets those bonuses, dring! Yep. My name's JP. (laughs) Thanks for listening.